Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Finsider Radio, a.k.a. the Jake and Josh Show. I'm your host, Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And before I'm joined by my co-host, Jake Mendel, you can follow him on Twitter at jmendel94. That is at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. Before we dive into this busy week of Dolphins news, I have to remind you, whether you're listening to this on Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please smash the subscribe button. Leave us a review if you do both those things. Take a picture, send it to either Jake or I on Twitter, and we, you will be eligible to win a Solomon Kinley jersey. So with all of that said, let's dive into our preview episode of the Arizona Cardinals. You heard from Josh. Let's hear it from Jake. Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday. The work week's just about over, except for us uh, lucky guys who are uh, lucky people, I should say, who get to work on Saturdays. And Josh, it looked like we were going to kind of get through, well, I mean, we're only six weeks in, but, but start to weave through the season without having to deal with the Miami Dolphins uh, trying to fight off the pandemic, but it seems like that isn't going to be the case. It was reported earlier today, of course, today being Friday morning, that uh, Miami Dolphins assistant coach tested positive for COVID-19, who immediately quarantined himself and is in the NFL's protocol. Uh, the, the Dolphins have said they're continuing to follow guidelines, which includes contact tracing and work with the NFL, uh, the team doctors, and the staff. Uh, Flores said, I think this was even just a few minutes ago, and 2.20 on Friday that uh, the team still did plan to fly out to Arizona today and that Flores also added, uh, we wouldn't fly if we thought there'd be any situation where we thought there would be an outbreak. If we do fly, it's because we feel we have contained it. That's pretty much how I'm feeling right now. Josh, uh, in a year in, in what's going what's about to enter its second year of uncertainty revolving the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, it seems like the Dolphins, um, I wouldn't say their luck ran out, but but they're now involved in that uncertainty, especially in sun, for Sunday's game. They really are, and I think it's telling, and we're going to find out you know, in a little bit here if the Dolphins do travel west, then you would think all systems are a go. It sounds like they're doing everything by the book. Uh, Devontae Parker mentioned the players weren't even in the facilities today, so they're taking this 100% t- uh, taking full caution. Uh, a quote from Omar Kelly that came from uh, – from, from Mike Jasicki said, I think we all knew something eventually was going to happen at some point. We knew it wasn't going to be a perfect season. I think the league has done a good job with their protocols and keeping the health of everyone at the top of their list. Again, that was from Mike Jasicki. So, uh, you know, it, it does suck. But again, I think we all kind of saw this in this, you know, a bumpy 2020 season. And again, like you said, with, with the weather changing, you know, flu season coming back, we didn't know how this was going to happen. It hit a Dolphins assistant coach. We will see if they fly. But as of now, all systems are a go for the 425 uh, p.m. Eastern start against the Arizona Cardinals. And, I mean, this is a very good football team. I mean, we may as well just dive right into it. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. We have some injury news here. Um, biggest thing is Miles Gaskin. We know he's going to be out a few yeah. weeks. He was placed on IR with uh, injury. A lot of us, you know, we've been talking about Matt Burita for the entire podcast year. You know, we want to see him get more touches. Unfortunately, I don't think he, you know, I don't know if he was a part of that walkthrough. I guess an injury report will come out later today. But uh, we thought he was going to be the guy that takes over. It sounds like it might finally be Jordan Howard's season. And I want to get your thoughts on that because, you know, you <laughs> joked about, we joked about it a couple of podcasts ago. And I mean, I, I think we've been pretty damn good all season long. I mean, I, again, I don't want to toot our own horns, but we've been pretty awesome. And this goes back to that book club that we started. But, man, tell me how you're feeling because it is Jordan, it could very well be Jordan Howard's season. And, you know, you've been calling for that for, for quite some time. Yeah, and it's it's been kind of a strange situation for the Miami Dolphins at running back. I think every other position, at least for the most part, has played out 
pretty much how we expected it, whether it's uh, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard being the one or two at cornerback, uh, Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Agba still to find himself on the defensive end. Uh, but that running back uh, situation, despite how everybody in the preseason or lack thereof, and, and even before then, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida were the 1A and 1B until that game against New England when we're all, you know, kind of sticking our heads out the window wondering what what is happening here. You know, it, it was Miles Gaskin getting all the carries. But now for uh, <laughs> just the way the tables have turned, uh, I mean, I kind of joked about it and I didn't think this was going to be the way it would happen. But I mean, you hear all the time that in the National Football League, injuries provide opportunities and I know that's really how you don't want to look at things I mean just to kind of keep things into perspective the Brita injury is considered minor I don't see this lasting more than just a week Miles Gaskin should only be out a few weeks but I mean there's a good chance that Jordan Howard if he plays like the way you know he is certainly capable of the guy who has certainly been a consistent threat for both Philadelphia and oh man I'm blanking out the Bears yes the Bears yep, Chicago Bears I mean if he plays like that, all of a sudden the consistency of the Miami Dolphins offense, especially with a rookie quarterback under center or, you know, three feet behind center in today's NFL. Uh, I mean, that is just such a great tool to have. And, you know, it's easier said than done. Matt Breida, excuse me, Jordan Howard has not looked good. But, you know, it seems like that uh, two, two-year $10 million contract is going to get another opportunity to look like it might be worth something. And, and you know, it's funny that I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but but you posted that picture of Jordan Howard uh, sitting next to Tua, and it seemed like, especially in a running back room, I mean, everybody's going to get touches at some point. I'm not going to sit here and say that everyone, as someone who picked up Jordan Howard in every league, and I might be forced to play him with, you know, uh, the bye weeks for Philadelphia and Cincinnati, things like that. But, I mean, I'm not coming out here and say he's going to be great. I think Patrick Laird could be involved. I could see Patrick Laird being the guy who gets two catches for eight yards and, and two touchdowns. Maybe the receiver version of what Jordan Howard's stats have looked like on the season where he's at, what, nine carries for 14 yards and three touchdowns or something ridiculous like that. But there's an opportunity here. And just because Jordan Howard's your third running back and just because the Dolphins are down two running backs, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a bad player. At the same side, I'm not going to say he's going to be a good player, but I, I'm very interested in seeing this opportunity and seeing letting him get that uh, opportunity. I'm going to use opportunity squared, I guess, to get some carries to, hey, you got stuff on one plate. We're going to give it to you four more times in the next, you know, eight or eight plays, seven plays, something like that. And let's see what you can do. Can you break one? Because that's been the biggest weakness on this Miami Dolphins uh, offense, specifically in the running back unit, is they don't have any big plays. I mean, Miles Gaskin has struggled. He is a very consistent player. We know what he is capable of. And Matt Breida, I think he might have one of the few longest plays of the season for the Miami Dolphins at 22 yards on a dump-off screen pass. Obviously, I think that's changed over the last couple of weeks, but that certainly sticks out to my head. But there is an opportunity here. I mean, this is a chance for Jordan Howard to prove, like, hey, I'm a veteran. I deserve this contract, and I'm ready to, you know, show that I'm not going to come off this field. Yeah, and I think one thing that we've seen with the Miami Dolphins, you know, at every position is they allow those players to go out there, and if they make the most of their opportunities, they give them more of those. And that's why we've seen so much of Miles Gaskin. I mean, they brought Jordan Howard in here. You know, they passed on a Melvin Gordon. They passed on a Todd Gurley. They, they went after Jordan Howard for a reason. So, you know, I, I've been hard on Jordan Howard. I made jokes that, you know, I posted a Scooby-Doo meme that, uh, you know, he's revealing who's underneath the hood, and it, there it is. It's it's Jordan. It's actually Kalen Balaj. And, you know, I've been hard <laughs> on him, but how, how many opportunities did he get other than week one, to be completely honest, other than those goal line opportunities? And at that point, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, once Jordan Howard checks into the game, you pretty much know it's run, and the defense is preparing like that. So we'll see what he can do. He's going to get those opportunities. Uh, Miles Gaskin's teammate in college, Salvin Ahmad, a guy that the Dolphins brought in. It looks like he's always, I hope I pronounced that right. He looks like he's going to get some carries. And you also mentioned Patrick Laird and, you know, the Dolphins and a young quarterback like Tua, a lot of that offense is going to rely on that success of that run game. And, you know, we'll talk about how they're going to match up with Arizona here, but a lot of that run game is going to come down to how that offensive line plays. And it does sound like the Dolphins are going to get, you know, Austin Jackson back this week. Um, I have the Barry Jackson tweet up here. Um, he, Barry he actually Bob. said, Barry Jackson, yeah, you posted a Barry Bum. A person who has been at Dolphins practice said Austin Jackson looks physically ready to return Sunday and get at least some playing time. We'll see if the team goes ahead with that move. If they do, likely. Uh, would cause lots of O-line shuffling. So we'll see how it shapes up. I mean, ultimately, the Dolphins' plan is obviously to have Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, Solomon Kinley out there. I mean, those those young guys, there's a reason they drafted him. But can you really move Jesse Davis out of the lineup with the way he's playing? I don't know that you can. Um, we do got to remember early on, and 
you know, Big Bob Hunt, you know, he, we saw him out there in some packages where they brought in that extra offensive line and we brought in a lot more of that meet up front. Is that not the perfect way to kind of, you know, trickle Austin Jackson into the lineup, see if he's really ready to go and again, contain some of that uh, Arizona pass rush. Um, but, but yeah, I think the Dolphins are going to go out there. They're going to have to have success. And all it takes, like you said, is that one big play If Jordan Howard and Tua, you know, they run that RPO and, and Tua, you know, makes a defender kind of lock up or, you know, buckle his foot. And, you know, next thing you know, Jordan Howard's breaking off a big game like we've seen him do time and time again. I mean, uh, this guy has had a successful career. Just because he hasn't with the Dolphins doesn't mean he can't. He's going to get the opportunity. You know, it's time for him to show why he did get that contract from the Dolphins. Man, you just read my tweet, didn't you? Because I, 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 that was uh, something I was going to kind of lean on, where um, when when they said some capacity, that kind of screams the big Bob Hunt role from earlier in the season, where the Dolphins did use six offensive linemen quite a bit. And hey, if you want to use six offensive linemen, I think Jordan Howard's the guy you want to have behind that unit. And that just kind of makes a lot of sense to me. And, and you know, Josh, something I do want to bring up, and I meant to talk about it earlier in the week uh, on our previous show, is, I mean, I'm not doubting any of the picks. I'm not going to come out here and say a pick was good, a pick was bad. I mean, I know people have already done that, and that's a little little too bananas to me. And I'm a big, big Bob Hunt fan. But, I mean, when we're talking about this running back room, and, and I don't even have to tell you this, I'm preaching to the choir, but, I mean, J.K. Dobbins looked awesome last week with those 15 touches for 113 yards against the very good Steelers defense in the elements. I mean, while I was watching that game, all I could think about is, man, you know, you had Howard who kind of struggled at the beginning. You still give him more chances because he's the older guy. But then you have J.K. Dobbins come in with Tua and they just light the world on fire. I thought that would have been the coolest thing ever. But obviously there's that trickle-down effect of, well, Robert Hunt would have been playing right, right tackle. Who would have been there? Yada, yada, yada. But what did you see out of J.K. Dobbins? And, and we're on this because it's the if it ends. But, I mean, he would have looked so cool in that aqua and orange. Yeah, he would have, and it's something that I kind of think about almost on a daily basis because, I mean, uh, you know, you can sit here and you can say, uh, you know, okay, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. This rookie class is going to be great with Travis Etienne, a guy who I honestly believe is better than Dobbins, but to just see how many chances the Dolphins truly had at getting Dobbins if they liked him, you know, they rushed him in, I believe, to team facilities right before the deadline. Um, you know, and I don't know that um, Brian Flores would ultimately got Raquan Davis. You know, at what point would they take in right. J.K. Dobbins? I mean, there's a ton of question marks surrounding it. But, yeah, I mean, if he came in here, it would all absolutely be awesome. But the Dolphins are setting themselves up to get that young, you know, explosive playmaking running back next year, whether that's Najee Harris, whether that's Etienne, whether that's Chuba Hubbard, I mean, Journey Brown. There's some good running backs next year, but I would have loved to see J.K. Dobbins in that. I know people, and especially our good friend Brian Burns, he's going to hate me continuing to harp on that. But, yeah, he would absolutely add a different dynamic to this Dolphins offense. And it's weird. I mean, the trade deadline was this week, and the Dolphins made some moves. But I think it's safe to say uh, we'll talk about them now. I don't think any of them are going to have any impact on this week, and that's why we didn't really lead with this stuff. But, I mean, the Dolphins have been very, very busy this week. We were talking about doing a show Wednesday, maybe even Thursday, just to kind of get our preview out there, uh, seeing that both of us have had kind of a busy week. But, I mean, we hit the nail on the head here, Josh, because, you know, first, it seems like Antonio Callaway, the wide, the third-year wide receiver who's been suspended, is looking to be active this year. Uh, he's played 20 games in his career, 43 receptions on 79 targets uh, for five touchdowns. Now, he hasn't been able to practice with the team. He hasn't able to develop chemistry. And, I mean, I think it's safe to say we don't even know if he's ever going to see a ball thrown his way. But, you know, they activated him which is, again, you think about these diamonds in the rough, you're looking for players who can just play. And then if they're better than just capable of playing, capable of catching passes and doing their job, even better. But the Dolphins traded Isaiah Ford for a seventh-round pick. He really wasn't getting a lot of volume in this offense. Uh, we've seen the struggles that Preston Williams has had. Uh, Devontae Parker, he only had one catch last week. And the Dolphins just don't seem to have that volume guy that no matter what, on every down, the the Jarvis Landry, you know he's going to catch the ball, and he's just going to straight up do his job. And, I mean, I guess we could argue that Landry didn't always uh, do that with the penalties and issues he had. But, I mean, I think that's kind of what the Dolphins are looking for. And so they trade away Isaiah Ford to give get other guys some opportunities. Uh, Antonio Callaway might become one of them. And then the other move they made, they uh, sent probably it's going to be even the same pick that they got from the Patriots to the Kansas City Chiefs for DeAndre Washington, who really uh, running back. He spent time. He's, he was in Kansas City this year. Uh, he was in Oakland in the past. It's his fifth year in the NFL. Um, he can run the football, but he's really more of a guy who you want on passing downs, whether it's as a pass blocker or out on, 
excuse me, out on the open space uh, catching the ball. But, I mean, these are two moves that the Dolphins have made. Uh, Isaiah Ford had a really heartfelt message to the Miami Dolphins fan, and he did have moments, especially last season for the team. You've been a big fan of him all time. I've kind of been wobbling with him, hoping he'd grasp a, a chance to really prove himself. But, I mean, he really didn't have that one trait that really made stick out he was kind he's he's the miles gaskin of wide receivers and that shouldn't be a bad thing these are guys who are playing professional football they're incredibly talented but they just don't have that game-changing ability or talent that can really make defenses have to focus on you yeah and i i was a big fan of isaiah ford again i wrote an article with our good pal aaron sutton early on in the draft process you know about what we thought of his skill set i i wish him all the luck it sucks that he went to the patriots but you know if, if that was a move that they saw because you know not only did he not fit their long-term plan but they want to get antonio callaway involved you know it makes perfect sense and i'm looking at callaway you know this is a guy who kind of to me reminds you of that josh gordon situation where every year you know you just kind of think okay if this guy gets the right opportunity gets his mindset you know he's going to go out there and make plays Callaway hasn't been in, you know, the same type of trouble for the same amount of time, but he, he's definitely had those off the field issues. But to me, he's still 23 years old. You know, he had a stint in the XFL. He was an explosive playmaker there for a little bit with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. I believe he had five touchdowns in his career. You know, so this is a player that could add a jolt to this offense. Uh, here it is, 43 receptions, 586 yards, and five touchdowns in 2018. But again, he's 23 years old, uh, hometown Miami, you know. And you just look at what the Dolphins have done over the years. And you can mention the Eric Rose. You can mention the Zach Sealers. You know, we mentioned in previous podcasts. They give these players opportunities, they make the most of them, and then they reward them. You know, Adam Shaheen just got a new contract, and I, I joked about it. I think he had five receptions all year. I mean, so there is a chance that Callaway can come in here. You definitely got to temper your expectations because, you know, a lot of Dolphin fans were saying, you know, this is why Ford's gone. And maybe it is, but that same day, Ford's at his press conference saying, I truly have not even seen Callaway in cleats yet. So let, let's pump the brakes on that. Uh, Washington, again, this is a player, like you said, it's probably better suited for the passing game. But he has some of those similar skills like Miles Gaskin. So uh, we'll see what type of role he has. But, again, I don't think we're going to see much of him this week. I think as far as the running backs are concerned, um, you know, we kind of touched on who those are going to be. Howard, we'll, we'll see a little bit of Ahmad. And then um, Patrick Laird. I do have to throw this out there because you mentioned the Isaiah Ford thing. And I think one of the coolest things Malcolm Perry said, and that's a guy who we may see a, a bigger role for this week. Um, but he said he was asked, you know, which NFL wide receivers have you studied and idolized? And he said, I've been too focused on what the Dolphins have asked me to do. But I think Isaiah Ford was a great role model. I tried to model my preparation and practice habits after him. He's someone I look up to in this league. So, um, you know, I think Isaiah Ford meant more to, you know, some of the fans and maybe the, his teammates than he did others. And we've heard time and time again, this might have been the smartest receiver in the room. You saw uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You heard he trimmed his beard and he was wearing those short shorts to kind of pay homage to, to Isaiah Ford. So it's going to suck to see him go again, especially because it's New England, but the Dolphins have speed. It's time for them to adapt. And, you know, that's what this offense is all about. It's about the quick timing routes. It's about, you know, getting Jakeem Grant to get that separation that some of these other guys aren't getting. Allowing Malcolm Perry to use his quick wiggle to get some of those opportunities. You know, limp out and again, Antonio Callaway. So you can see the way this Dolphins offense is slowly starting to form. You know, it's kind of changed, you know, now that we're midway through the year. Now that two is involved, we'll see if it all comes together but you know there's a lot of uncertainties and again it's come together because you're not going to be able to go out there and go 12 to 20 you know 12 to 23 for 93 yards and a touchdown against Kyler Murray you know it's just not going to work out that way so uh I'm excited for this matchup and I guess that's the perfect almost segue to kind of one thing I want to bring up here is I mean you mentioned Malcolm Perry and, and I, I firmly believe he's going to get more involved it's no surprise we saw him uh start to get some snaps whether it's Wildcat whether it's a reception or two when Tua got involved and, and Lynn Bowden's another guy after trading a draft pick for him we really hope he he continues to develop but I mean one just watching the games and I don't really have a bunch of film or anything to uh bring up so like I said this is gonna be a dart at the wall some sort of instinct I I want to see maybe Mac Hollins get an opportunity at wide receiver um we mentioned before the season that he kind of fit that Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson role that slot receiver guy that the Dolphins didn't really need and then you see guys like Albert Wilson Alan Hearns uh, choose to sit out the season, which is certainly understandable. But, I mean, that opened up opportunities for different guys, and, and we saw Isaiah Ford get chances. We, we're going to see Malcolm Perry get more chances. But in that meantime, as these rookies develop, especially a rookie seventh-round pick, a rookie fourth-round pick, look for Mac Collins here because he is someone who kind of fits that 
Brian Flores mantra of you're going to work, you're going to work, and then you're going to get rewarded for it. He is someone who I always see flying down the field in special teams. He is someone I always see celebrating on the sidelines. I think Matt Collins could get an opportunity. This is another thing, uh, you know, I like to joke and toot my own horn on like the Jordan Howard things and whatnot. And I could certainly see this being uh, something that's recorded, sent back to me with his stat line of zeros across the board. But I think he just has started to fit that mantra that Brian Flores is looking for. And before we uh, start to dive into our Cardinals and Dolphins preview, I did want to bring up, I think he will get a legitimate opportunity. I think that's worth watching. Um, especially someone who's probably been practicing with the second and third strings. Like we said about Malcolm Perry, who's been dealing with Tua. That's just something I wanted to throw out there to keep in mind. But you guys, enjoy a nice ad or two, and we'll catch you guys on the other side. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. We mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, Dolphins dealing with a little COVID-19 scare right now, but everything seems to be on track to happen this weekend between the Miami Dolphins at the Arizona Cardinals. The Dolphins enter with a record of 4-3, and three, are and are given 4.5 points by Vegas against the Cardinals, who are currently 5-2 and two and coming off their bye week. Josh, you know, we've had these games over the last few years, I mean, where the Dolphins could really show that they belong. There was a game in New England last year, or a couple of years ago. They were 3-0. They were it must have been, what, 2017? 3-0, and, and then they go and get just stomped, like 38-7 to in New England, things like that. And I'm not saying this, this game will certainly derail the season or anything like this, but last week was another opportunity for the Dolphins to prove, hey, we kind of belong. And, and they showed that. They showed that against San Francisco. And this, I mean, we just keep kind of raising the bar on them, but that's the way it should be. If you want to be a playoff team, you have to meet all these challenges. And, man, this seems like such an exciting game, and I'm throwing a fit because it's only being given to 6% of the country. Uh, but I, one thing I want to add before we get into our three keys is, not one person on NFL.com picked the Dolphins to win, which isn't really a shocker. I like kind of the underdog mantra. I mean, I know a lot of people will spin that to say, oh, but no, just nobody likes the Dolphins. The media hates the Dolphins. I, I refuse to go that far. I, I, I strongly disagree with that. I mean, the Cardinals are 5-2. and two. They're at home, coming off the bye. And more importantly, they just knocked off the undefeated Seahawks, something the Dolphins failed to do at home. Yeah, absolutely, and I, th I think it's going to be exciting to see just kind of how it all takes fold here because this is a very good Dolphins team. You mentioned it. You want to see consistency out of them. What they did last week was kind of, you know, was uh, I mean, they went out there and they had 92 snaps on defense, and they still ended up coming out of that game with a pretty big lead. I mean, you're not going to be able to do that every week. Mm -hmm. This Dolphins team is playing awesome, and, you know, we're just going to dive into our three keys because, to me, the biggest thing about this game, and it just dates back to, you know, years and it's not the same Dolphins team that let Thad Lewis that let Geno Smith that let EJ Manuel you know run rapid on them but at the end of the day you know Kyler Murray is a legit MVP candidate and the Dolphins absolutely have to figure out a way to stop that uh, Arizona Cardinals rushing tack and it's funny because I have the stats here and Kyler Murray has carried the football 65 times this year for 437 yards and seven touchdowns Miles Gaskin is the Dolphins' leading rusher, and he has 387 yards and three touchdowns. And I know you can't compare a quarterback running the football to a running back, but, dude, 437 yards and seven touchdowns, and they played, what, seven games? I mean, uh, they, they've struggled with Josh Allen. You know, this guy is a better – you know, Josh Allen has that rocket arm, but would you not agree Kyler Murray is more accurate? You know, he's more dangerous with the ball in his hand? I mean, uh, this is going to be a, a true test – 
to what this defense is capable of because last week was awesome. You'd love to see him do it, but they rattled Jared Goff. I mean, you can rattle Kyler Murray. You've seen it before. He He's not prone to making errors, but, I mean, this guy is as I, as dynamic of a player as we've seen. And, you know, you can sit there and you can compare him to Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think he's a better passer than Lamar, and, you know, I almost think he might be better running the football. I mean, this guy is probably the most explosive player that I can remember watching play football since, you know, like Michael Vick, and it's just truly exciting. And, again, you can't look at what the Dolphins did in the past, how they struggled with insert, you know, insert quarterback's name here who played in Buffalo, who played with the Jets, you know, whatever running quarterback it might have been, the Dolphins have struggled against them. I think this is going to be a true test, and I just don't know who they're going to have that's going to be able to sit there and own in and, you know, kind of spy and, and make sure that Kyler can't get out there because I have some names listed here, and I'll let you jump in and give your thoughts, but can they let Kyle Van Noy do it? Can they let Andrew Van Ginkle, you know, Jerome Baker, Alana Roberts, to me, I think the biggest guy that you got to consider here is Brandon Jones. I mean, he's that player that you've seen flying all over the field. You know, he can cover running backs out of the backfield, and he's kind of that chess piece that you use in these situations. You know, he gets down in the box and does those gritty things that Minka Fitzpatrick wouldn't do. So uh, I think we might see a little bit more Brandon Jones this week, but uh, now that I sat here and I focused mostly on Kyler Murray, why don't, why don't you tell me what you think about the Arizona Cardinals rushing attack? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're you're certainly right. I think the biggest the biggest key. I mean, we have it as our last key here, but is certainly just stopping that big play. I mean, the Dolphins have done an incredibly job incredible job of that this season. You just do not see guys running wild on this team. And I love you bringing up the possibility of Brandon Jones. Uh, there's a reason why Kyler Murray was the first overall pick in the draft. There's a reason why the Cardinals, after drafting a, a quarterback in the first round, did it again the following year. He's awesome. He is a Treat to watch. Uh, I saw a post by the Cardinals on Twitter the other day, and if you didn't see it, you should certainly check it out. It's it's Kyler Murray and Tua uh, basically uh, mashed up with Rocket Power characters, and that's just kind of what it is. These guys are riding around on skateboards just with their quickness. And, you know, I like the idea of Brandon Jones. I think that's really what it's going to go down to. I'm not sure if the Dolphins are going to, quote-unquote, use a spy as much as they're going to be focused on containing. And that is why I think we should slide into our second key here, and that is containing the Cardinals' rushing attack. Cardinals, they're averaging 5.2 yards per carry. That's the second best in the league. Our good old friend Kenyon Drake, uh, who told Gronk you don't have the angle, is questionable. But it looks like Chase Esmond is going to be the guy. Uh, the one thing about Edmonds, despite the fact that he's averaging 4.9 yards per carry, which is 21st in the league, is the fact that he hasn't had, you know, 20 opportunities a game, right? The second he does that, I feel those numbers will slowly start to crawl back down. Murray right now is averaging over 60 yards per game on the ground this season. But, I mean, I want to bring up what the Dolphins coaching staff uh, said, and that's you don't get points for yards. And and you look at someone like a Landon Roberts, who has been awesome, you see the impact of someone like Kyle Van Noy, who is always setting the edge. He is reading plays so incredibly well, and I haven't seen that from a Dolphins linebacker in so, so long. It is so cool to see a free agent signing, especially at linebacker, pan out in the way Van Noy has, at least this early knock on wood I don't want to jinx it but Kyler Murray has five runs of 20 plus yards Chase Edmonds has three we cannot let the league's second best running attack get gain big gains over and over and don't hear what I'm not saying there are the Cardinals are an explosive offense under Cliff Kingsbury they're going to have big plays the difference though is can you shorten the field on them you see what the Dolphins defense being the uh, allowing the fewest points per game how well they can control those last 20 yards before entering the end zone. We can't have a guy breaking loose for that 80-yard touchdown like we saw last season. The Dolphins have done such a great job of doing that this year where you they're going to force you to have seven or eight plays that each gain 10 yards without making a mistake, without having a false start, without doing any of these things. And that's why I'm kind of feeling pretty good about the Dolphins' opportunities in this. Yes, it's homerish, but I don't think any of us here are wanting to say that the Dolphins are going to lose, that the Dolphins are going to play poorly, they're going to get beat. And this is kind of the path they have to take. I'd love to see a Landon Roberts, the way Brian Flores is scheming these blitzes. If you haven't seen the uh, inside the or, uh, inside the NFL, or what is it, Josh? It was posted yesterday. I retweeted it saying that it was cool. It was just basically a detailed look at the game. Um, and they were highlight the game last week against the Rams, and they were highlighting the cover zero that Brian Flores used. But, I mean, if you're – telling me that the Dolphins aren't planning to find a way to get into that backfield and leap and have a Landon Roberts lay a clean hit on Kyler Murray to make him second guess himself even for a half a second for the rest of the game. I mean, I think that could go so far for being the difference maker because Murray's been a stud. I mean, 
you everything works until you get punched in the mouth. And the one guy I want to have be punching someone in the mouth is Landon Roberts. Yeah, and we, I mean, we saw him punch two guys in the mouth. At the same damn time! Yeah, at the same damn time, he was like a wrecking ball. I mean, it was like some juggernauts, like that gif where he's just like running through walls, you know, repeatedly. But, um, you know, it's going to be a, a true test for the Dolphins. It'll be fun to see, you know, how they match up. You mentioned Chase Edmonds. It's unfortunate we probably are not going to see uh, Kenyon Drake. I guess, you know, there's still a chance that he might play, but it seems like it's going to be Chase Edmonds' time. Again, you mentioned him being an explosive playmaker. Him, Kyler Murray, I think... You saw the recipe last week, and we know Jared Goff doesn't have some of those same intangibles or, or some of those same traits as a Kyler Murray, you know, especially in, in the as he impacts the run game. But the Dolphins got to continue to do that. They got to use that zero scheme. They got to get up at that line, and they got to confuse the crap out of these young quarterbacks. Because you know, for as good as Kyler Murray is, it, like you said, when you get punched in the mouth, you know everything changes. So the Dolphins got to go out there. They got they got to punch Kyler Murray in the mouth. And, you know, we mentioned only half of that offense. You know, we mentioned how you stop the, the big play by starting with the run. But then we got to look at their wide receivers. And, and this goes into just how explosive this team is. DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, and I've said it on previous shows, I've said it on Twitter, I've said it wherever I've, you know, had a chance to say it. DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is probably the best wide receiver in football. Uh, this year already has 57 receptions for 704 yards and three touchdowns. Obviously, you'd expect to have, you know, a few more touchdowns. But, man, 704 yards. And, again, we are we are seven games into the season. Then they got Christian Kirk, 18 receptions, 277 yards, an explosive player. They move all over the offense. He has five touchdowns. And then the ageless wonder, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's going to go down as one of the greatest receivers of all time. So, I mean, we know the Dolphins' secondary is their, their strong suit, but how do you match this thing up here? And I, I kind of sat here and I tried to break it down. And we mentioned Brandon Jones, you know, being used a little bit more to kind of take away Kyler Murray's legs. But how do you see these these, these matchups shaping up? Uh, I, I think Xavier Howard, for as much as I like Byron Jones, and I'll admit, I've said time and time again, I think Byron Jones is probably the best player on this entire football team. Um from a skill standpoint, but what we've seen from X this year has been absolutely incredible, you know, except for that one game where I think he got beat up and, you know, they were playing mostly zone coverage and, you know, there's, there's little variables here and there. Xavier Howard's playing out of his mind and, and him versus DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you could sit there and you could probably debate both of them, whether you want to put Byron Jones over there or whether or not you want to put Xavier Howard on Hopkins. But, um, you know, how, how are you going to match up these these corners and these receivers? Because that, that's the true testament here. That's going to be the true test is, you know, you can figure out ways to stop Kyler Murray. You can figure out ways to stop this run game. But if you let Kyler Murray go out there and you allow DeAndre Hopkins to, you know, work these defensive backs and just do what DeAndre Hopkins does, because like you said, they're going to get those big plays. DeAndre Hopkins is going to make those big plays, but it's containing those. It's bending and not breaking. How are the Dolphins going to match up against that dynamic trio of uh, Arizona Cardinal wide receivers? I think the key of it, and our third key, is limiting mistakes. I think when you look at what the Dolphins are putting together here, and you look at the game plan and different things you want to attack, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is awesome, and and nobody's going to say that, but I will argue that I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, but I mean, that's I mean, we're arguing one A and one B. There's really no point in really going Michael there. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas probably belongs in there too, but it's but you all... need to, you need to play to be able to be you know. That's just true. <laughs> but something that really stood out to me is is mind-boggling to me, and I think this is something the Dolphins can certainly take advantage of, is put the Cardinals' offense in awkward situations. Make them uncomfortable. And, yes, you could do that by, you know, having a Landon Roberts fly up the middle and, and smash Kyler Murray. Another way you can do that is the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are averaging eight penalties per game. The worst total in the league if you want to have this Miami Dolphins defense get off the field get them in a first and 20 they're going to try to just pick up little yards and then you're going to get to that third and eight where you could really execute you can just make that one stop and get off the field I think that is going to be the biggest thing here is this trend of Arizona and I kind of looked into it a little more in the sense of this isn't just uh there's an outlier game where they had you know 25 penalties or something insane like that in one game consistently they're averaging seven to eight penalties a game and that's kind of you know we talk about you know Brian Flores being in the discussion for as one of the best coaches in the league this year a big reason of that is because his team doesn't commit penalties despite how young they are and it's just kind of kind of mind-boggling to really think about how the Dolphins haven't made, had these penalties they're doing they're they're getting called for about 4.4 penalties a game New England is first at 2.9 
Uh, and the Dolphins have kind of started to bump up a little bit, averaging five per game. But that's kind of the difference I see between these two games, these two teams, excuse me. They're both very young. They're both trending in the right direction. But if the Dolphins really want to make a difference, it is limiting those mistakes. You cannot get those pre-snap penalties. You can't get called for defensive holding on third down because the Cardinals, based on what we've seen through them for seven games, I don't know if this is something you fix in the bye week, it sure, certainly didn't work in Laramie Tunsil's time in Miami, is limiting those mental errors, the holds and things like that. That seems like it is a very clear advantage for the Miami Dolphins in terms of, hey, those 10 to 15 yard plays that happen, you know, in between play in between snaps, I guess I should say, can really be the difference between these two games because between these two teams, excuse me, because I just think they match up so well. I do. And I mean, we're sitting here and we're, we're praising how this is going to be, you know, a matchup here or there. We didn't even mention, you know, that Miami Dolphins offensive line and you're mentioning not needing to make mistakes. You know, again, this is to a second game. You know, this is some of these younger players, you know, they haven't been around the league that long. You know, they're going up against a pretty good defensive unit. We got Jordan Phillips. He's coming for revenge. I mean, <laughs> this guy's coming for blood. And then you got Hassan Reddick. Uh, we know they drafted Isaiah Simmons. I mean, a lot of Dolphin fans really loved him. Corey Peters. Jordan Hicks at linebacker. I mean, I'm looking over this list, and then we sit here and we talk about the Dolphins receivers. You know, who's going to step up and, and who's going to make those plays? You got Patrick Peterson on the other side. You know, you got Drake Kirkpat Kirkpat Fucking A. <laughs> you got Drake Kirkpatrick, and then at safety, you got Buda Baker. I mean, it's going to be a matchup. I, I love the way these teams match up because, you know, yeah, both teams got those skill players that are dangerous, and then both teams got those defense to counter that. It's going to be a matchup between, you know, one of the young and, and bright up-and-coming offensive minds against one of what we've already seen as being one of the best defensive coaches in all of football. So how are these two teams going to play? You know, it's going to be awesome to watch, and uh, I'm excited. I hope everything works out, and I hope this game moves on as as we expect because this is going to be, you know, you can sit here and joke, but uh, are they going to be posting this rocket power, you know, that rocket power picture come Super Bowl time when these two teams play again? I'm going to say this here, and nobody's allowed to steal it. Josh, uh, I need you to get that rocket power picture. Well, I mean, I can send it to you. And we just need to throw uh, crying Jordan on, on Kyler Murray, Murray. So our listeners know the second the Dolphins win this game, we are posting that picture because I think that's going to be hilarious. I just thought of that one on the spot. Okay. Uh, yep, but you, you said it. <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears, I'll do it. I think what's kind of key here, too, in terms of limiting mistakes, you mentioned the Dolphins' offensive line, and we're half an hour into this podcast, and we have barely mentioned Tua Tungvaloa. Um, I think we all need to just chill in terms of what he is doing, what the process is. Is this a 10-game tryout? Are the Dolphins going to draft a quarterback? Let's just kind of go week by week here and really just let things play out for a bit. Um, if you haven't paid attention, rookie quarterbacks struggle. It is no surprise there, and I think he's only going to get more comfortable with those balls we saw flutter aren't going to happen throughout the year. Uh, it's just kind of one of those things you got to trust the process. I've read some statistics based on the uh, Cardinals secondary where I don't think they're necessarily as good as the names really come out to be. I think Patrick Peterson is having a comeback year in a sense, but I don't think he's the player that was dominant for seven to eight years throughout the NFL. Uh, you know, Drake Kirkpatrick, I think, is a weak number two. And if Preston Williams, who really needs to make a case of, I belong on this team, I belong on this roster, hey, please don't draft a wide receiver in the first round, this is a great opportunity for him to kind of put him on ice and really control a football game. And that's what we saw early last year before he suffered an injury is – Preston Williams' ability to kind of move the sticks, kind of like Defonte Parker can do at times, where you know the ball is going to come to him. That doesn't matter. You know, we saw last week Devonte Parker, despite the one catch, you knew it was going to be a slant over the middle to him. He got popped right in the head, and he still popped up with the football. Those are the type of things we can see. Uh, you know, we saw, I believe it was against Jacksonville, where the Dolphins' strength and their uh, power at wide receiver just was too much for that secondary of Jacksonville. I think this needs to be another opportunity where those guys, the height, the strength, all those things that we love about this unit, needs to come into fruition this week. Yeah, and I, I think it really doesn't matter what Preston Williams wants. I think the Dolphins are going to end up drafting a wide receiver in the first round um, regardless. But as we saw earlier in the year, you know, remember when he had that drop in the end zone that next week? I mean, he came back, and I think he had a touchdown on that same play. So, I mean, we've mm -hmm. seen Preston Williams make mistakes. Again, he's a young player. It's going to happen, but you want to see more consistency there. But when we have seen those mistakes, he's worked on it. And that same week, you know, you've seen it pay dividends. So 
Um, you know, he, he's going to drop footballs. You know, that's just part of it. But uh, I do think he might have a bounce back game here. You mentioned Brian Flores. You mentioned this whole Tua Tonga-Valoa thing. Um, have to just throw this out there. And, again, it's this report that continues to come out from ESPN. The Dolphins are giving Tua a 10-game uh, audition to eventually go after a quarterback in 2021. And, again, there's a lot of games to be played. You know, no one can sit here and say that, you know, with 100% certainty that the Dolphins wouldn't do something, you know, if an unforeseen thing came up. But he made it a point to come out in just the middle of his press conference yesterday and say, now that you mentioned it, the quarterback, there was a couple of things out there. Let's call it a source close to Dolphins thinking. They've been saying that we are auditioning Tua, and I'm going to tell you about my thinking. We brought Tua here because we believe in him, the same as all the other draft picks. We believe in developing players. I think you guys have heard me talk about improving players on a daily basis. That would be the opposite and give somebody a 10-game audition. So, uh, you know, the report I think came out again today. I forget who retweeted it or quote-tweeted it, but, um, you Bro, know. Bro, deleted some, some, it afterwards. Love it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Roto World. Yeah, yeah, it was them, and, and Dolphin fans bullied them to delete it. So, you know, it's going to continue to happen. And, you know, if two went out there and threw for 300 yards, no one would say anything. But, again, you know. So we got our three keys to the game. I, I think we've kind of been getting into a situation where we're kind of repeating the keys. But, I mean, that's what winning football is all about. I mean, it isn't having these all-star level players. I mean, yes, it certainly helps. I mean, Pro Bowl, sorry. But it certainly helps to have those type of guys. But what the Brian Flores system is proving is, hey, if you come in, do your job. Somebody's going to do something that's going to put us in a position to win football games. And that is what's kind of been clear about this team on both sides of the ball is, hey, you don't make penalties. You don't blow your coverage. We're going to be just fine. And that's just such a relief when we're kind of used to begging, can someone please make a play? Everyone's making a play now because everybody's simply doing their job. And it's, it's cliche, it's corny, but I mean, that's just kind of the philosophy, the development. It's all been there. And, and let's roll into our key players. I'm going to go Byron Jones. I think there's no way Flores doesn't put Byron Jones on DeAndre Hopkins the way he's played this year. You know what? If you want to get really saucy, you could put both Xavier Howard and Byron Jones on uh DeAndre Hopkins, because there is nobody else in that receiving unit that scares me. Christian Kirk, no, no. Larry Fitzgerald, no. I think it is going to be Byron Jones's performance. I think what we've seen through the first seven games from him, and I said about Van Noy, I'm going to say it about Jones too, it is so, so exciting to see free agent signings, big ones, just playing the way they should, playing at a level, a consistent level of excellence. And that's what it's been by Jones. That's what it's been for this defense. And if you don't think he's looking for this opportunity to go against one of the best wide receivers in the league, this is this is all going to be about him. I think Byron Jones, if he locks down DeAndre Hopkins, that's the difference in this game. I mean, this what I'm saying on now could go mute if they try to mix things up and have Xavier Howard play on him, which would be great too. I mean, he's got five interceptions in the last six games, four interceptions in the last five, excuse me. And he could have, you know, had one last week, yada, yada, yada. But I mean, I think Byron Jones, this is the week we start talking. We could certainly start talking about the Miami Dolphins defense as this unit that is on another level that, Hey, just because an offense is good, that doesn't mean anything that, you're coming in. You're coming in. And you're trying to throw on this team. It ain't gonna happen. I think that's what Byron Jones's point is gonna go out to do this week, and I think he has a good chance of doing it. And again, I absolutely love Byron Jones, and I mean, I have no problem with him matching up with DeAndre Hopkins. I think a lot of Dolphin fans, um, once the signing went through, I mean, I think we all saw the video going around of them two matched up against each other, and you know, it was a fight for the ages. I think. Um, Byron Jones held his own, so we've seen it before, but I think, you know, it's going to be a true testament, a true test to see how the Dolphins come out here and schematically work these things defensively. Uh, my key player, and I'm going to take the biggest cop out in the entire world, it's going to be Tua Tungavailoa. I mean, you're not going to go up there and you're not going to play there, or you're not going to travel west. You're not going to beat the Arizona Cardinals, and I mean, we can say, you know, which players we like, which players we don't like. This is an explosive offense. This is a defense that has plenty of pieces to, to wreak havoc on a young offensive line. And, you know, it, it could potentially happen. So I want to see Tua go out there. You know, he's going to have to go toe for toe. And you mentioned that rocket power picture. We continue to do so. I will make sure to have that crying Jordan on there. But, um, you know, it, it's going to be a heavyweight battle. And quarterbacks don't go against one another. That's stupid to even say. But these two guys are going to be, you know, a, I do believe this is going to be a Midwest shootout you know it's going to be like those old westerns that my dad used to watch where you know <laughs> kyler murray and to his own are walking you know they're taking steps opposite each other and they're getting ready to turn around and it's going to be a battle and i think it goes throughout this entire game you know you can say and you can say it just like we've said this entire time these these two teams match 
matchup great and it's going to be exciting and it is going to be a shoot a shootout but again i think two has to do more than 93 yards and a touchdown he has to go out there and he needs to show those strides at the coaches that you know the fans and, and you know his peers are expecting from because this is his team and i'm not gonna sit here and put too much stock in how he plays in his second game against a very good arizona team but Again, you're going to have to do more than you did last week. And I think personally, I mean, uh, I've said it before. I think Kyler Murray, I put the bet in June or July, I put the bet on Kyler Murray to be league MVP. I think he's that damn good. Uh, he, he's going to have to go out there and be the two of of a low. We all know he can be. And I think that is what we're going to see. We're going to see much more of what we've expected to see, you know, as fans and having too high of expectations last week in his debut. I think he's going to settle down. I think this game plan is going to open up, and you know they're going to they're going to go out there and they're going to let the skies open up and, and rain hell down in Arizona. And I can't wait to see it happen. Josh, I got a quick question for you. Um, I, I think we can agree if if the, the difference between these two teams, and this is why I'm feeling a little confident about the Dolphins. And you can certainly, I want you to jump in and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think if Tua Tagovailoa outperforms Kyler Murray, the Dolphins win the game. But if Kyler Murray outperforms Tua, which, you know, based on everything we know, him in his second game, Murray in his second year, uh, obviously one of the better players in the NFL, I think the Dolphins still have an opportunity to win the game. And that's just such a situation I haven't seen for years because um, if you've been on Dolphins Twitter for a very long time, quarterback wins and quarterback versus quarterback has always been such a big discussion throughout the Ryan Tannehill years because for such a long time we argued that he needs to be the best quarterback on the field. But what the Dolphins are proving now is they don't need to have the best quarterback on the field. They need to have the best team. So I, I like the Tua pick because if he does outperform Kyler Murray, I think there is a 0% chance that the Cardinals win this game. Yeah, man, and it really is. It's been since early, you know, 2000 since we've seen this uh, dominant defense that the Dolphins didn't have to rely on those Special insane— yeah, yeah, you're right. Special teams. It, it truly is a team that, and they talk, talk about it. You know, they're going out there and they're playing for one another, and it's really what you're seeing. Um, but we mentioned it, and it dated back to even before to his debut. We said, you know, this defense, when they're healthy, this defense is freaking awesome. And, you know, it was against the Jets, so you were kind of tempering your expectations. You know, you want to see it against a real opponent. But now they're going out there, and we saw it against the Rams, and we're still like, you know, okay, but let's see what they do this week against the Cardinals. You know, I think this defense is awesome. I think – like you said, if Tua goes out there and, and outperforms Kyler Murray, it's a wrap. But if for some reason, you know, Tua goes out there and he throws for 150, 200, and, you know, two touchdowns and an interception or two touchdowns and two interceptions, and Kyler Murray, you know, has four touchdowns. You know, the Dolphins' defense, from what we've seen, they had four takeaways last week. You know, we see the opportunities. It could, it could have been six. We see the opportunities they're creating on a weekly basis. I mean, who knows what could happen, but I think you're absolutely right. And, again, um, you know, the more we talk about, the more excited I get. And I, I just hope it all comes together because, uh, again, th this is going to be a matchup that, that we're seeing in a Super Bowl a couple years from now. Oh, that would be something, wouldn't it? All right, let's predictions. I think it's pretty obvious uh, what I'm going to say. But, but I, I'd like to add some context to it because I think the Dolphins – a big strength for them is going to be making the, the Cardinals one-dimensional. I mean, Hopkins, awesome, 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 averaging 100 yards per game. He's 73 times a season. The next closest is 37. That offense doesn't really have another threat who can really help Murray put the team uh, in go. Uh, last week I mentioned with the Rams how they had swept the NFC East, and, and that's a big reason they had, you know, four wins or five wins. It was them and the Bears. And I'm not going to sit here and say that to discredit the Cardinals. Or I'm going to say these wins don't matter because obviously you can only play who's in front of you. Just because the Dolphins beat the Jets 24 to nothing, it doesn't discredit them. I mean, you win in there. You wish it was actually a little higher scoring game, but it is what it is. And, you know, Cardinals at 5-2, and two, they have two wins against the NFC East and a win against the Jets. You know, they lost or uh, they lost to the Panthers. And in the first three games of the season, Kyler Murray had four touchdowns to five interceptions against the 49ers, uh, the Washington football team, and the Detroit Lions. I mean, this they're an explosive team. But if you're disciplined, if you make the Cardinals very one-dimensional, if you take advantage of the penalties, which they certainly are capable of doing, uh, the Kenyon Drake not being there, hurting their depth at running back, their biggest strength, I think, is another thing that can certainly help this team. I like the Dolphins' chances. I really do, and everyone's kind of, you know, I don't think they'll be rolling their eyes at me because they're all Dolphin fans, and this is kind of the stuff we want to hear. But, I mean... There just seems like there's a lot of matches that the Dolphins can take advantage of, and Murray's going to get his. Don't get me wrong, but it's 
there's a difference between Murray getting his and Murray getting four touchdowns. I like the Dolphins here. I think it's going to be a little awkward, a little weird-looking game, but I like the Dolphins to come away with this with, like, a, let's say let's say 27-17 to 17 type win in Arizona, come back 5-3, and three, and Brian Flores is on the mat for Coach of the Year. See, you're always going to the Dolphins, and then it's going to make me look like a heel if I ever go against them. But, um, you know, again, listening to you talk and, you know, you do this week in and week out, you kind of start to sway me one way or the other. So as a fan, you know, I feel pretty optimistic about this. I really do like Kyler Murray. I think he's one of the best quarterback prospects that have come out in years. Um, but the Dolphins' defense was awesome last week. I don't think that's going to carry over this week. I think this is going to be, again, a shootout between these two. Um, I see it being a little bit closer, and I'm going to say 33-31. I'm sitting here just typing it out, trying to figure out how the hell we're going to get to that. I don't know if the math adds Four up. Four field but, goals but, and uh, yeah, three touchdowns. I, I, I want a Jason Sanders uh, last-minute field goal. I think I said he <laughs> just about every week. So this is the week he's going to finally make that damn last-second field goal um, to remain perfect and you know to push the Dolphins um, further on their way towards that AFC uh, division championship that we've seen for so uh, that we've lacked for so many years. So we'll, we'll see. I think it's going to be, again, Tua versus Kyler Murray. You can't do the quarterback versus quarterback thing, but it's going to be up to those two guys to go out there and lead these offense to a lot of points because uh, I think it's going to be a, a shootout in the Midwest. One last reminder before we let you guys go. Salmon Kinley jersey, if you're interested in winning it, just smash that subscribe button, leave a review, let us know about it on Twitter. Uh, however, if you've already posted something and you put your Twitter account in the review, we have tallied those as well, so don't you worry about that. Uh, but if you would rather just say something and send it to us on Twitter, you can find Josh at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z, and I'm at jmendel94. Uh, reading the comments, reading the feedback, I know a lot of you guys are doing it for the Kinley jersey, but I mean, it does mean a lot. We like to hear that you guys are enjoying the show. We also do like to hear what we aren't doing well. We want to keep having the show get better and better as the season, as the, the lifespan of the show goes on. We want to make sure it's great content for you guys. It's enjoyable content. It's, it's passionate fan talk, but it is informative at the same time, and we hope to keep it that way rolling for you guys. So please let us know how you feel about the show because without you guys, this really doesn't exist. But thank you guys so much for listening. We're hoping that everything goes well this weekend for the Dolphins in terms of getting to Arizona. No more COVID-19 tests, and we have an exciting game Sunday. Win or lose, I think this is a great matchup for the Dolphins. Who am I kidding? I want the Dolphins to win. If they lose, I'm going to be miserable for a week. It is what it is. You understand, you Dolphin fans. Fins up. Have a good weekend. Fins up, baby. 33-31, Dolphins winning. It's two a time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.